Hello and welcome to all our listeners on behalf of the Wharton FinTech podcast. I'm your host Anchit Gupta, a current Wharton MBA student of the class of 2021. Today, we have with us Phil Edmondson, CEO and founder of Corvus Insurance. Founded in 2017, Corvus is a leading provider of smart commercial insurance products powered by AI-driven risk data. Corvus exited 2020 at a 100 million annual premium run rate, capping off a year that was marked by accelerated growth for the company. In addition to his work at Corvus, Phil is also the managing partner of Edmus Ventures and he invests in insurtech companies including Verify, Wealthy, Cover Wallet, Openly and Copatient. Thank you for joining us today Phil. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Anjit. I look forward to our conversation. Great, uh, Phil. Could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and what motivated you to launch Corvus? Thanks. Uh, one of my favorite topics. Uh, I've worked uh, in the commercial insurance business for several decades, and most of that as a commercial insurance broker. As uh, many of your listeners may know, organizations that buy insurance. tend to use an agent or broker there is certainly some success in digital distribution at the very small end but most organizations be they a college or university like Wharton or the jewelry store down the street or a bank or an airline all rely on brokers and i was one of those for many decades working principally with tech companies and having that exposure to technology companies both opened my eyes to the opportunities of using new data and also left me very frustrated because i saw so much change happening in other industries but i didn't see that change coming to the commercial insurance world a a business that's about 400 billion dollars a year in the united states alone So after selling my last business, I had the opportunity to take a deep dive into in what people now call insurtech and I became convinced that there was an opportunity to take new forms of data, um apply machine learning and other forms of artificial intelligence to get new insights from that data and to deliver value to a series of stakeholders that warranted building a great new insurance company and we call that Corvus Insurance. That is very interesting. Uh so Phil, we would love to understand what is the current status of the cyber insurance industry, the field that uh, you know Corvus operates in and also if you could tell us about some of the you know top players apart from Corvus uh who are in this field. Thanks and chief. Uh cyber insurance uh, is something that just gets me out of bed every morning. Um it's the it's the main element of uh, uh our playbook for new types of commercial insurance. It's not an entirely new type of insurance in the sense that it's been around for 15 years or more and there are some very big insurance companies that have uh, the most market share. So those are companies like AIG, Chubb, Hartford, Zurich, AXA. So the biggest of the big global commercial insurers are the leading cyber insurers today. 
Got it. So uh, diving deeper into Corvus particularly, uh, Phil, what are some of the core uh, you know, products or services offered uh, by your company? And who are the typical customers uh, you know, these products are being used by? We use new forms of data, uh, and I'll tell you about that in just a second, to develop better cyber insurance for organizations of all size, very small organizations, up to multi-billion dollar uh, organizations in almost every industry group uh, in the United States. And we do that with a combination of tools. So we have data uh, and a database of cyber incidents that we have developed in with painstaking work. Um, uh, and it becomes a baseline of the bad things that can happen in the world that fall under cyber insurance. And uh, we also have built a proprietary scan of the externally facing IT security assets of any organization. And our software, when a broker enters in the main URL of an organization, our software executes on several strategies. Uh, one, first, we identify all related externally facing IT assets. So that can be other websites and other URLs, other e-commerce activities, email servers um, that an organization has and for which they are seeking insurance. And then we uh, analyze those by testing them and scoring them. How resilient are they to attacks from cyber criminals uh, and other hackers that that threaten the IT security of organizations. So in some ways we do what the cyber criminals do. Uh, we uh, analyze the protections uh, that organizations have. And through that, we are able to have much more insight into the desirability and the pricing uh, of cyber insurance as compared to some of those um, leading conventional incumbent brands in cyber insurance. We then apply a, a series of, of automated underwriting rules that not only produce a quote for the cyber insurance very quickly, sometimes in less than a minute for smaller organizations, but alongside that, we produce a series of actionable, prioritized IT security recommendations. So for our typical policyholder, that's a mid-sized organization that probably doesn't have a big IT or team or cybersecurity team. It's a big difference to not just have uh, uh, knowledgeable cyber insurance, but also to have that insurer produce recommendations that allow for the big win-win, which is what we're always seeking in, in insurance is the ability for the organization to make changes that will improve their risk structure um, and prevent claims from ever happening. That's the goal. And that's why we say at Corvus, our mission is to make the world a safer place. Thanks, Phil. Um, it definitely sounds as you guys are investing a lot in machine learning and uh, making sure you have an edge over the other players in this field, some of whom you already mentioned. Uh, so I know you already talked about uh, having some proprietary softwares. But we'd love to hear more about what 
differentiates you from uh, your top competitors when you go to a customer how how are you uh, what is your uh, what is it that you say you could, you would do differently or better than everyone else sure so um, you're right we've already talked about how we have different data and how we leverage that data to build advantages but the other half of, uh, of building a, a business that is half tech and half insurance in our case is building the web app, to building the digital app that brings those value propositions to the stakeholders. So in our case, those stakeholders are brokers and policyholders. And brokers come in different sizes and levels of expertise. And policyholders come in different sizes and, and levels of expertise. So a lot of what we've done is to build features on our app that we call the Crowbar that allows us to customize the experience that those stakeholders have when they do business with Corpus. So for small brokers, for example, many of them don't understand cyber insurance that well. And one of the features we allow them to toggle on or off are explanations of each of the insuring agreements. Think of it as each of the sections of the contract that mm -hmm. is an insurance policy so that they, the individual broker has materials that they can use to help explain to their client what is covered and what is not. If on the other hand, we're dealing with a broker who is a very large broker and dealing with working with large buyers of insurance, they don't want that in their experience. And they'd mm -hmm. rather get a one page summary PDF than a six page detailed uh, listing. Um, and there's just a series of things, many of them having to do with the regulatory environment that we work in, uh, in commercial insurance that has that uh, uh, accommodate features that brokers and policyholders want or want to be able to not have as part of their experience. So um, that's been really fun is to figure out what's most important to the brokers and the policyholders. I think the policyholders are the big frontier mm -hmm. because ultimately they're the folks who get the value and the protection from insurance. And we've launched some really exciting features for the policyholders in the past year. So now when new types of threats uh, emerge from within the cybersecurity ecosystem, we're able to send alerts to the relevant policyholders whose IT infrastructure is more exposed to that type of threat. So last year, for example, in the fall, it's a relatively new threat called Blue Keep, which uh, mm -hmm. is a, a threat uh, for certain organizations that have a certain type of uh, Microsoft infrastructure. We're able to see that, to identify the presence of that um, uh, IT system and to notify just those policyholders of the type of threat and how they might address uh, and better protect themselves from that new uh, form of uh, malware. Wow, that must be really hard. Like, you know, because these must be like absolutely new threats that don't exist in the past and, you know, detecting them in advance and 
almost uh, telling your client in advance that this is something that could impact them is definitely. <laughs> well, Anjit, the, 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 you know, every morning I live this, uh, right? Because we wake up these days and who doesn't read about some new type of, um, you know, threat uh, in the IT uh, and cybersecurity world. Um, and uh, so I, I open the electronic newspapers like you do every morning, and I'm mm -hmm. just concerned about what new incident we're going to see in the headlines. Uh, Solar Winds is the most recent one. Um, but uh, as you know, these the enemies that we have here are very entrepreneurial in their mm -hmm. own way. And, uh, and so we have to try to keep up with them and develop our defenses. The good news is cybersecurity as an industry is a pretty big and sophisticated industry. And mm -hmm. we have a lot of assets uh, inside the federal government and other government to help us to respond to these threats more quickly. But all of that can only be executed upon in a digital environment where you are well connected to the broker and policyholder. So mm -hmm. most commercial insurance companies, sort we talked about earlier, they don't, they don't have any contact with the policyholder. So never mind having content mm -hmm. that would be valuable to the insurance buyer or the cybersecurity manager uh, of, of a bank or an airline. The, our competitors don't even know who those people are because they haven't built any value propositions for them. So they have no relationship, no ability to help them respond to new threats in the way that a new company like Corvus can build out as just part of our core value proposition that we need to be connected to these policyholders and that they have a reason to want to be connected to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the way I see it, there is definitely that element of being connected to your customer. There is obviously the superior data that you mentioned. And then there is being able to use superior technology, AI and ML, to leverage that data actually. And that's the part I want to deep dive into next. Um, I'm very curious to understand how do you actually leverage artificial intelligence to model this risk? Because there is so many type of threats they are so different and they can come in from everywhere and every company is so different. Different. So how do you even use AI or ML to model the risk of uh, cyber attacks? Yeah, so it is, uh, you're right, it's a big challenge. Um, and from, but from the output of the, the various elements that we measure, we are looking for trends um, in the data. So uh, it's, uh, it's the easy part is that there is so much data that trends will emerge within the both the end point, which is for us the claim environment or the lack of claim um, that are being filed for different types of organizations and, and, and the attributes of those claims and measuring how those change over time and then uh, analyzing them in light of a variety of inputs that we have, inputs from the data set that we have of, of incidents globally, uh, and then a variety of data sets that we believe to be predictive uh, of the likelihood uh, of a cybersecurity event. So 
it, it, is, uh, it is nonetheless dynamic. We have a really fantastic cybersecurity team. Um, and uh, every month, uh, you know, we're uh, analyzing that data and updating our algorithms for the rating process of commercial insurance and making determinations around when and to whom we issue alerts and notices of different types of uh, IT security threats. Got it. So, uh, Phil, you mentioned how cybersecurity is a sophisticated industry. And taking a step back from Corvus and looking at the entire industry and all the firms in it, what are some of the biggest challenges faced uh, by you being in this industry? You know, what is the next big challenge? What is keeping you motivated? So the, we've built a playbook around cyber insurance that is applicable to other types of data. In many ways, the work we've done with our smart cyber insurance has become a model for using other types of data. Cyber insurance is so elegant, uh, such an elegant expression of what we're doing because it is entirely digital. And that means there's just a lot less friction in gathering data and putting it to work. But it doesn't mean that we can't use other sets of data in the same way. So we spend a lot of time thinking about and now implementing different insurance propositions around data from satellites, data from mobile phones, data from building sensors or uh, cargo sensors that uh, can allow us to get new insights that predict and prevent bad things from happening in the world. So that uh, there are almost every type of commercial insurance has this potential. And many consumer products, consumer insurance products do too. Mm -hmm. I bet many of your listeners even uh, have either used or at least have heard of the opportunity to have some type of telematics software be part of their mobile phone to make them eligible for driving credits, uh, insurance credits uh, on auto insurance. Or maybe they've heard of the opportunity to put a sensor on their uh, boiler or their water heater mm -hmm. such that um, there's a better chance of detecting uh, an explosion uh, or flooding incidents caused by that in their home or apartment. So there's lots of opportunities to develop new types of insurance products that, that, are, that bring that win-win solution that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. that I think is very aspirational and motivational, for, certainly for me, and I think for the rest of the team at Corvus. Definitely looking forward to quite a few of those um, products in the future, Phil. Uh, Phil, with like taking a step um, in a different direction and talking about uh, COVID, uh, you know, the world has been going more and more remote and digital under this pandemic. How has cybersecurity and threat uh, evolved because of the pandemic? And also would love to understand if Corvus has changed its services and underlying business model because of this uh, pandemic. Yeah, that's really important question. And she thanks for, for bringing that up. And in fact, uh, I think a lot of us these days have heard of the uh, 
uh, of Christopher Krebs, who was under the Trump administration, the head of cybersecurity. Uh, and I was just reading an interview with him yesterday. I think I posted on LinkedIn. Uh, and he makes a lot of comments that I would agree with wholeheartedly that COVID has increased the number of people working from home, of course, mm -hmm. and that that means that more individuals are working with remote IT assets that are more frequently uh, poorly protected. And those become ways for the cyber criminals to get inside of corporate and other organizational IT uh, assets. And that has in turn increased um, the threat and the execution of ransomware events. And you're probably familiar with ransomware, uh, the case where cyber criminals will take hold of data, um, shut down, uh, capture the data, uh, and perhaps shut down all IT operations of an organization, and then demand payment uh, of a ransom uh, in the form of a certain amount of Bitcoin mm -hmm. uh, or other cryptocurrency. So this is, uh, definitely increased since last March and is uh, a threat to a lot of organizations. So in that sense, COVID has had a very material impact increasing these threats. Now, on the other hand, I would say it has built an even stronger case for newcomers like Corvus mm -hmm. who compete in this marketplace because uh, as soon as we saw this, we started to develop new capabilities in our scan to identify the most frequent uh, types of ransomware uh, exposures. And we determined, not solely by ourselves, but by being active participants in the cybersecurity ecosystem, that the principal or uh, yeah, the principal vector for these ransomware events is something called remote desktop protocol. So, and, and uh, more specifically unprotected remote desktop protocol. And if you don't know what RDP is, you probably experienced it because it's that um, capability in a lot of software support where somebody who is outside of your physical presence can come and share your screen, not through you know, a Zoom call necessarily, but through other enterprise software products. That requires something called open ports in the IT architecture. Mm -hmm. And that is a, uh, has become a vector for the cyber criminals. And so understanding how to protect the, uh, an organization that needs to use remote desktop protocol is something that we have become very good at uh, since COVID. And we can both inform our policyholders of new exposures they have to this type of risk, and we help them to manage those in a way that makes it much less likely that they will be hacked in that manner. Oh, that is that is very shocking because I remember from my past experience in financial services that we would use remote desktop very, very frequently. And I can only imagine how much that usage has increased with everybody or all employees going uh, 
remote and financial services especially in industry where you have access to very sensitive data and information so um i'm i'm actually surprised uh knowing that that actually is a very uh that actually is offers hackers a very easy uh you know way to uh, hack into those systems that's right that's right they're very and she they're very entrepreneurial the cyber criminals and uh, so that this is you know it's hard i think for many of us to imagine it but uh, there there are people in the world who wake up in the morning and say okay how can i perpetrate you know uh, the theft of money or other valuable assets using my cyber expertise uh, my it expertise but unfortunately there are um in fact these you know we we know these cyber criminals by their individual gang groups the mm. you know so when because if we agree or or if our insured policyholder agrees to pay a ransom they want to identify themselves as being honest criminals <laughs> somebody we can trust that if we pay them the bitcoin which of course we can't trace mm-hmm. that they will indeed fulfill their side of the ransom uh and give us back the keys to our organization's IT systems so it's uh, it's an interesting little subculture one i hope you never get to know too well and you <laughs> So it's a war of their gang versus your entrepreneurial gang Phil for sure. That's, yeah, well but but those of us in the cyber insurance world I think both find this very inspiring work uh to engage in but we also know that today's threat you know soon will be yesterday's threat mm-hmm. and uh if you look at the past 10 years the different the vectors of attack have changed the nature of the hacks have changed mm-hmm. you know 5 or 10 years ago it was all about stealing credit card information and then it moved to stealing health records mm-hmm. um and uh, then uh, intellectual property now all of these things remain as threats but they're much less common as a cyber as we in the cyber defense side of things have gotten better at defending against those types of assaults and the cyber criminals have moved on to new areas that they can manipulate to to their uh, bank accounts good effect mm-hmm. got it <laughs> clearly an industry uh, yeah. that is rapidly yeah. evolving you have to view them you're a business you're in business school right the, the, <laughs> think of them as business people um it's hard but but uh, but uh, we have a lot of respect for their you know for them and don't uh, don't take them for granted in the least got it so uh for talking more broadly about the insurtech industry um how has that evolved and are there any other trends that you uh, that you want to tell our listeners about yeah so yeah the the insurtech industry more broadly uh uh has many uh, other disciplines corvus works in an area that starts by trying to build better underwriting insights better measures of risk and better ways to prevent risk from happening but just the execution of different elements of commercial or consumer insurance have uh, a lot of opportunities for improvement from insurtech 
some of those have to do with the claims world. So I hope you've never had a claim, but if you've experienced a, an auto claim or, or a homeowner's claim, most people get pretty frustrated by the length of time it takes for the claim to be settled, by the amount of paperwork that has to be managed, and by the cumbersome uh, communications um, that traditional insurers use. So we, we've seen a lot of improvement uh, and things that may, I think, to uh, folks who are of typical business school age may make you scratch your head, right? Mm -hmm. but, but uh, finally, a lot of claim settlement is being done on an app or being done by text message and using the mobile phone and, and cameras and pictures to facilitate fair and quick settlement of claims. Um, so that means a lot less standing in line, waiting around for the claims adjuster to come visit you at the auto body shop or to have to stay home someday uh, and, and spend a couple of hours with the claims adjuster walking around, taking pictures of the, the water damage that your uh, house suffered after some type of uh, frozen pipe incident, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, a lot of ways to improve the, the, the claims experience and there's a lot of insure tech companies focusing on that. And then just generally digital distribution for less expensive products um, the opportunity to buy those products when and where one wants uh, and to use the mobile device to execute upon that is such a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of other elements of insurance. Uh, one of the companies I've invested in called Thimble has uh, developed a, a great ability for small businesses to buy insurance by the week or by the month or by the job mm -hmm. rather than the convention of, of the old insurance industry, which is you can only buy a one-year policy. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's so many ways that tech can be leveraged to produce better outcomes for consumers. And we're seeing it uh, all over the world. Much of this, I must say, is being led um, in Asia, mm -hmm. um, particularly on the consumer level, as well as in Europe. Uh, we in North America are late to some of these consumer insure tech um, advances, um, but in other ways, uh, in the in the states, we are leading things as well. And I think in commercial insurance, we probably have more innovation here than in other countries. It's great to see that we are as entrepreneurial, if not more, as the hackers. Great, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil. Finally. Uh, we would love a word of advice from you for all our listeners and entrepreneurs, these new age ones, especially who are trying to stay at pace with the rapidly evolving and unpredictable digital world. So I think in terms of advice uh, for anyone considering working at a tech company, um, part of, I think what's going to make the, the formula for satisfaction um, uh, or financial and other success in building tech companies is to look where the tech is most needed. Um, I think uh, some of your listeners might wonder uh, why uh, using more tech in insurance uh, is compelling, 
But if you look at the baseline of a lot of older industries, um, it's really quite low. And uh, a lot of business schools teach this in great detail. Sometimes it's referred to as the innovator's dilemma. Um, the fact that incumbents frequently are not able to innovate. Um, and uh, so I think there's a lot of opportunities in industries like insurance where uh, innovation is coming more lately uh, and this and building cross-functional teams, teams that are equally composed of subject matter uh, experts, in this case, insurance and tech and data science experts uh, and AI uh, expertise is a really powerful combination. And it's great when you can see the impact that your work is having um, in taking any field, uh, insurance or otherwise, to a higher level is really rewarding work in every sense of the word. Thank you for that great advice. And thank you for joining us today, Phil. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Angie.